Hello. You're listening to Mock Footage. These two pals really like movies, but one of them hasn't seen very many, okay? Our hosts won't be using any nasty language, so you can share this with your grandma. And they will be discussing major plot details, so here's your dang spoiler warning. Hello, everybody. My name is Joseph Langlois, and this week... No, I want to do that again. Sorry. Hello, everyone. My name is Joseph Langlois, and this week we will be watching Batman Forever. My name is Ray Hiroso, and Joe, I think we're stuck in a cave. We are in a cave, but we do have a guide out of this cave. Can you tell us how long it's going to take, Oh, noble guide? Okay, I'd love to do all of that, but first, I'm really curious. Did you do a second take just so you could change the way you pronounced your name? Yeah, because yeah. I <laughs> recently have been more committed to doing that um, correctly, <laughs> the, the right okay. way, and I, I forget cool. sometimes because I've no, spent a lot of time. No, it's awesome. Life. I'm into it. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't, like, dissociating straight out the gate. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hi, I'm Alex Flanagan. I'm here to be your guide out of this incredible cave that we're living in. Would it mm-hmm. be like, w- w- would I be jumping the shark to let people know that it is the Bat Cave of which we speak? Uh, or no, is that, that is, okay? The title of the episode is going to be Batman Forever. It's so. the Bat Cave. <laughs> it's the Bat Cave. <laughs> I'll be your Bat Guide. Welcome. I, I believe that we decided to watch this movie so that we could wrap up our time with the AMU or Arnold Movie Universe uh, for the time being. So, Ray, can you start off and, and tell us everything that you Which know? Which I about do just have movie? to say is a great choice for so many reasons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, one. Which Batman movie is this? It's Batman Forever. So, Batman Forever is is a movie that features Batman in Gotham City. Fighting crime and proving the fact that he is a good boy. Yeah. That is the simple premise of it. So it's oh. like, is there a question that he's a good boy? Like, <clears throat> like kind of like a Spider-Man thing where the headlines are like Batman. I mean, he's a, he's a vigilante, right? Right. And he's, he's a, a, a dark, edgy, brooding bat boy. Yeah. So like the the police department doesn't really trust him but he keeps ca- catching criminals mm-hmm. and sending them their way so people are like he's all right the only criminal he couldn't catch was himself was the people who killed <laughs> really his makes parents. you think <laughs> well okay so there were two criminals <laughs> um yeah i think well i think pretty much any batman property post adam west sort of by design features the question is batman a good boy yeah Mm-hmm. Some of them, you know, take that in an edgier direction than I personally care for. Some of them lean a little bit more into the camp of it. But I think it is always sort of part of the the canon there, part of the context for yeah. whatever our, our beloved Bruce may be going through at that moment. He's an outcast. Um, and partially because he places himself there, but... Um. <laughs> I would say pretty much exclusively because he places himself there. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm gonna capture villains... And I'm not going to work with the police. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And I don't like talking to people aside from Alfred, my butler. But I'm also a playboy. <laughs> yeah, he is like a, a socialite playboy millionaire. Yeah. He does not have to be an outcast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Batman's he, an outcast, but Bruce like, Wayne is your very much on the scene. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce Wayne is very charismatic and everybody loves him. Yeah. Um. So this movie... Uh, um, I'm trying to decide if it starts with the scene of his parents dying, and then we see 
I'm sorry, what do you mean you're trying to decide? Have you not seen this movie before? <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I want to talk about that. Oh, okay. But no, that's fair. No, so his parents die in the opening scene, right? And then we get some shots of him at the graveyard. I'm just doing Batman, some ba- some basic Batman lore for you here uh, that the movie does. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we see him grow up and... Um, we see some some thugs uh, just robbing a bank, and we see a a, sh- a shadowed figure uh, run across the screen. And... Okay, I'm sorry. You know what's really funny? I, I'm so sorry to break the conceit this early, but like, I do feel like a Batman movie is kind of a softball pitch because you're saying all of these things, and I'm like, that's that's just every Batman mm-hmm. movie. I'll get to the nitty gritty Batman we... movie. Oh yeah, when we did we when we did Spider Man, um, uh-huh. Ray nailed the plot more than I could have from memory, and it was it was <laughs> he was just rattling off basic Spider Man lore. Just he's just saying Spider Man stuff. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was like. It. Sam Raimi said this, there was a goblin that was green. And then there it is. That's the movie. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Please tell us more about the shadowy figure that capes across the screen after yeah. we see some thugs rob a bank. Oh, yeah. No, it's fine. Um, We see a grappling hook and some, some things shoot across the screen. And the thugs are caught. And we see like a, like a weird bat symbol. Uh, and that's kind of his calling card to say, yeah, it was me. What up? Um, uh, like... Like on a card, like on a literal card, or or no, like... um, it's like uh, uh, uh I don't want to bring in the batarang this early, but it was the batarang. It okay, was just... <laughs> he just gets many of those. Okay, do those ever come back? I don't know. I mean, but... if he made one, he could make more. Oh yeah, it's, I mean, it's fine. Cost is not an issue, <laughs> right? <laughs> So that is our short introduction, and you're like, who's this shadowy figure? And then we meet Bruce Wayne, who is a playboy and mm-hmm. a millionaire, and he's talking to his butler, Alfred, and they're talking uh, about an event that he's going to that evening at some gala. Or and like, I have to imagine at this point, uh-huh. if you don't know anything about Batman lore, you're probably like, what is going who on is in this, this movie? What yeah. is who is Bruce Wayne? Why are we seeing him right now? What connection could this man possibly have to our Cape right. Bat? Right. <laughs> um, but in the background, it is like a dark cave, and you see like paraphernalia that is Bat-related. But oh, I see. you don't really get it yet. So they're talking in the Bat-Cave. They're talking in the Batcave, because okay. Alfred is the only person who knows Batman's se- secret identity. Um, even Batman doesn't know. <laughs> uh, wow. So at the gala, he's there. Uh, he's with a lovely woman, and they're having a nice time. I'm sorry, is the gala in the Batcave? <laughs> no, no, I'm <laughs> skipping forward okay. to, like, the, the Gotham Museum of... Or, yeah, the Gotham Museum of Art. This movie takes place in Gotham City, by the way. Yeah. Which is you not a real... You're stalling, right? Please move forward. I didn't say Gotham, <laughs> did I? You did. Go on. Oh. You're at the, we're at the party. We're at the... Bruce Wayne was we're getting ready to go to the party, and he, got, he went there. Bad stuff goes down. Two-Face is there, and he has to suit up, and then he tries to take down Two-Face, but it doesn't work, and Two-Face gets away. Who's Two-Face um, who, played Who by? plays Two-Face? Yeah, I was going to ask, who plays Two-Face in this movie? I think it's Tommy Lee Jones this time. Okay. Maybe. It's hard to recognize him with the makeup on, so mm-hmm. I don't fault you for not necessarily being able to pull that one right away. Right. But... Who's Batman played by? Uh, not Adam West. <laughs> I don't know people. Who's a person that can... I could say Joseph Gordon-Levitt yep, for fun. Sure. 
It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Batman in this movie. Mm-hmm. What year was this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it was like 10. <laughs> like in the 90s. Well, let's say 93 when I was born. 1993. Now, we do have a canon that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is eternal in, on, oh, in, that's true. in mock footage. Yeah, so I he's can't just say kind he's of like a, a pull that you can kind of use whenever. I think that's so. just real life canon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's just the reality canon. Um, so Two-Face gets away, and Batman is trying to catch him, um, in the Batmobile, uh, but the, what's his name, shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite thing about the Batmobile in this movie? I know that, like, there are people who are real Batmobile fanatics and have very strong opinions about which Batmobile, like, in the sort of movie universe is the best Batmobile. How do you feel that this one stacks up? I really like this one because there's a little bobblehead of Robin on the, on the headboard. <laughs> That cool. is a, a really charming aspect of this particular Batmobile, yeah. yeah. Also, it transforms into a, a, a boat sometimes. The, when he also, the bobblehead is also in the likeness of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. Who plays Robin <laughs> in Robin. Robin. <laughs> movies. <laughs> it's like a fun Easter egg. <laughs> right. The Batmobile becomes a boatmobile? Yes, it can become a boatmobile in this movie. Uh it, it it does not fly. The Batmobile does not fly. Un, unsurprisingly, because bats can fly. Right. Anyway. Right. Well, bats can't swim, so that's probably why he has the boat mode. Yeah, there's a trade-off. Because he, yeah. he can probably fly, right? Batman can't fly, but he can <laughs> grapple. Okay. Okay. He doesn't have any bat powers. I want you to know this. <laughs> it's just Wait, Batman doesn't have, like, hypersonic... Like no, speech or anything. He can't screech. He doesn't have supersonic <laughs> hearing. He's not blind. Weirdly enough, those things do apply to Man Bat, who is a canonical villain in the Batman universe, but I digress. Oh, oh nice. Is Man Bat in this movie? No, Man Bat is not in this movie. Okay. Uh however, the Riddler is and helps Two Face escape because they're working together. Okay. Um and he, uh, the 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 Riddler asks. Well, no, he doesn't. Say, Batman's in the Batmobile, so he just causes a smoke screen, and they escape. And the Riddler is played by Jim Carrey. Okay. Sure. What happens next, Ray? Um. Next, uh, we get Mister Freeze, who is the next big bad, uh, uh-huh. who appears on scene. Uh, as, and- as played by. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right, of there course. There he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he wants to... Now, he has some nuance to his character. Uh, and we don't get him for a long time. <laughs> Wait, but he w- <laughs> to Arnold Schwarzenegger's character? No, to Mr. Freeze's character. Um, what does he say when he comes onto the, onto the screen for the first time? Ice to meet you. Perfect, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, so Mr. Freeze is trying to steal from a laboratory, uh, because he's trying to get something so he can revive his wife, who is cryogenically frozen, and it's sad. Um, and Batman is there, and Batman doesn't know his motivation, so he's there to stop him. Um, and he gets captured, unfortunately. Uh, and that's all we get from from Mr. Freeze in this movie. It's mostly just like scenes and snippets of going around capturing villains, okay. uh, or, meanwhile, or them getting away, or them getting away. But uh, uh, Two Face and Riddler come back at the end because they are the final 
bad guys that we face. Um, and Robin is in this movie, uh, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Actually, no, no, that it was just a, a teaser for for a future film. Okay. There's so, no Robin. So Batman has a bobblehead of Robin in the Batmobile, but Robin never appears. Nope. It's right. It was the biggest letdown of the century. Okay. Yeah, I think they originally filmed some scenes with Robin and then just like <laughs> production issues. They didn't make the cut. So like there was somebody cast as Robin and they did film like apocryphal Robin centric scenes, but they just weren't on like they were left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, they just couldn't fit them. It didn't work. <laughs> There's too much Mr. Freeze in there. There's, we had such a good scene with Mr. Freeze that they have to extend that one. Can um, you can you tell me anything about Nicole Kidman's character in this movie? Yeah, Nicole Kidman plays Catwoman in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she just kind of appears out of nowhere and flirts with Batman, and it's very confusing, but also she steals a diamond. From Batman? Uh, from the gala that Batman was at oh, earlier, uh, okay. when he's going back after uh, he tries to capture uh, the the Riddler and Two Face, uh, he comes back and he sees Catwoman doing a burgle. I see. <laughs> this movie makes no sense. Yeah, it's it just comic like a, book scenes. It sounds like a lot of loosely related <laughs> scenes that that don't actually have a contiguous plot. Yeah, it was supposed to sort of be like a clip show, um, mm-hmm. just like a fun musical clip show. Mm-hmm. And then again, like production got weird, and they decided last minute, like the studio didn't want it to make it make it a comedy. They wanted to like take it in a more straightforward direction. So they cut and all the, of the musical tracks, and they, they sort of cut had to splice Robin. everything together. They cut Robin because his whole deal was just improv. He was just yeah. long form improving yeah. the entire movie, and right. it didn't make any sense anymore. Yeah, but he's also one that was like the thread that tied everything together. So once they got yeah, rid of him, exactly. it, it didn't really make any sense. Um, is the Joker in this movie? Hmm. Yes, the Joker is here at the very end of the movie, teasing the next movie. And he says to the screen, you're jokering me. And then it's credits. Because uh, I'm really curious, get... what is the, the next movie after this one in the franchise? Which entry came after Batman Forever? I need a list of Batman movies. Hold on. You don't. You don't. You have to... You just need to tell us what the name is. I know you know it, right? Yeah, I just need to know the name. Uh, it's um, The Dark Knight Rises comes out. <laughs> <laughs> You're jokering me. You're jokering me. <laughs> yep. And then 10 years later, The Dark Knight Rises. Wait, is the Joker in this movie played by Heath Ledger? Uh, yep. Okay. I just realized that I don't know the Batman movie canons at all. Because uh, I'm... Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, Alex, do you have any other questions for Ray? I think he's answered every question I had. <laughs> yeah. raised several more, but um, I don't think anything can really help that now. Typically, I'd ask what your favorite like musical scene was, but we already discussed how they kind of cut out all the music. So I guess, Ray, what was your favorite line from... From Batman Forever. Um. Hmm. There's so many good ones. Hmm. Oh. Um. When Batman is coming back from his fight with Two Face and Riddler, uh, he hears uh, a 
somebody shout, Cat burglar! And then you just hear a loud meow, and then uh, glass crash uh, breaking. So and you see the, Catwoman. Is it the meow? It's it's the meow. Meow. All right. Um, let's go watch Batman Forever after we have a popcorn break. You're jokering me. It's time for the popcorn break, and that means it's time to talk about a couple of the other shows here on Lunar Light Studio. First, I'm going to take this opportunity to tell you about Force Friends Rewatch. Did you know that Star Wars fandoms don't have to be toxic sarlacc pits of gatekeeping and sexism? It's true. Meet Andy and Ryan, the hosts of Force Friends Rewatch. They watch the television series of the Star Wars universe and discuss the impact each episode has had on them as fans and as human beings. And they definitely only talk about the TV shows, and only occasionally the films, theme parks, video games, tabletop games, action figures, cosplays, actors, writers, novels, comics, and lore, but mostly, they just tend to focus on the TV shows. And you can catch Forest Friends Rewatch every other Friday on Lunar Light Studio, or wherever else you might listen to your podcasts. Force Friends Rewatch. May the Force Friends be with you. That's not their copy. That's my own edification. I feel like I need to make that clear every time. And next, I'd like to tell you about Gaming New Horizons. That's another podcast that I do with Ray. Gaming New Horizons is the best casual gaming news source out there. Your three best friends discuss video games, new and old, to celebrate their strengths and analyze their weaknesses. When a conversation comes to a close, they decide if the featured game is worth continuing or if it's game over. Ray, Terrence, and Joe are here to guide you through the world of games every other Friday on iTunes, Spotify, and LunarLightStudio.com. Gaming, it's for everyone. And I can tell you, as a host of that show, that we do in fact believe that gaming is for everyone. So go ahead and check that out for another accessible lens through which you can view some fun media. If you like mock footage, Try out Gaming New Horizons. And if you like either of these shows, try out Force Friends Rewatch. That's also a really wonderful podcast, all here on Lunar Light Studio. And while I'm here, I might as well tell you that you should also, of course, go check out The Cryptid Keeper if you haven't yet. That is hosted by Alex Flanagan, our guest today, as well as Addison Peacock, her lovely co-host. With all of that said and done, let's get back into the second half of the episode. And I will say once again for posterity... You're joking me! Okay, how we all how we all feeling right now? Fresh off. Of I've the never movie. felt better. <laughs> this was a phenomenal watch. This is truly a high point of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is downhill from here. Honestly, yeah, we peaked. Is the only bad thing about it. <laughs> now we a little bad. <laughs> Uh, the Batman forever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I'm forever a Batman now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's let's start off by kind of as briefly as possible uh, explaining what does happen actually in Batman Forever. Oh my God! So like briefly, briefly. It's, I mean, um, there's a lot. There's a lot of wood to go through, but <laughs> briefly, briefly, like in the just quickest possible terms. Um, Batman gets a really 
really interested girlfriend Mm -hmm. and interrupts a perfectly happy gay couple doing crimes. Yes. That's sort of the shortest summary of this movie. I think Um, one more important bit is that uh, Robin becomes a sidekick. Yes. No, he he does adopt a punk. Yes, Um, he does adopt a punk. Uh, Just a regular... A regular teen. It's really just a nice found family movie. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, to go into slightly more detail. <laughs> um, so Ray did correctly identify a lot of plot elements of this film. Maybe mm-hmm. not in necessarily the correct order or context, but he did also correctly feature... uh, identify plot elements of other films. Of other beloved <laughs> Batman entries. Uh, yeah, so the predominant characters for this movie are Batman, obviously. Uh, psychologist Chase Meridian, played by Nicole Kidman. We have the Riddler, as portrayed by Jim Carrey. And Two-Face, as portrayed by Tommy Lee Jones, who is just fully unhinged in this movie. And I love it a lot. And then uh, Robin is played by uh, Chris O'Donnell. And Alfred, who is phenomenal in this film, is... Uh, shoot, what's that actor's name? Michael Goff, I think. Anyway, that those are the main players. So basically what happens is we have Bruce Wayne being, you know, moody and detached as always. Uh, this movie does take place loosely in the same canon as Batman with uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker and Batman Returns with uh, Penguin and Catwoman. Because there are a few references to the events of those films made here, but they're not really that important to understanding this movie. Bruce Wayne... CEO of Wayne Enterprises doing his thing. Um, there is an interaction that he has early on with an engineer at Wayne Enterprises named Edward Nigma, who is, of course, Jim Carrey later to become the Riddler, who is working on a project uh, where he wants to basically use people's brainwaves to synthesize alternate realities. He wants to be a hashtag real gamer and create the next wave of entertainment. <laughs> at, at the same time, Two-Face uh. is terrorizing the city vis-a-vis bank robberies in the extreme and face melting acid it's a whole thing mm-hmm. edward nigma kind of goes off the deep end after bruce wayne rejects his business proposal and um edward who is equal parts like obsessed and despising of bruce wayne decides to make it his personal mission to take him down essentially so you have Edward Nigma on his way to becoming the Riddler, wanting to take down Bruce Wayne. You have Two-Face, totally unhinged, wanting to take down Batman. Those two eventually meet up. Edward Nigma has this technology that he wants to use not only to be able to insert thoughts into people's minds and sort of like control them, turn them into like zombie-esque husks of their former selves, but also to, uh, one, read thoughts and also grow strong on the brain waves that he is sort of receiving from them. A lot of things happen in this movie. It's hard to tell them in a way that makes sense because the experience of watching the movie does not make that much sense. But while all of this is happening, you also have Chase Meridian, who is a psychologist who is working with the Gotham Police Department in town. And when she's not busy trying to literally just use the bat signal to get Batman to show up to her personal apartment in the middle of the night, she is also counseling Bruce Wayne through the process of recovering repressed memories about the death of his family. Bruce Wayne uh, gets her to agree to go on a date with him, even though she's interested in Batman and not Bruce. And this is a whole thing. There's like an Archie Comics plot going on in the background of both Bruce Wayne and Batman (laughs) trying to date Chase Meridian. Um, they go to the circus, Two-Face shows up and threatens to destroy the big top and all of the millionaires in it, because I guess it's a fundraising circus for millionaires. Mm -hmm. It's like a really weird film. 
and in the process detonates a bomb that kills most of the members of a family of acrobats known as the Flying Graysons. The youngest one, who is obviously Dick Grayson, survives, is adopted formally by Batman since he is now a ward of the state. It's never addressed how old he is. I think he's supposed to be 17 or 18. He's a 26-year-old teenager. He's a 26-year-old regular teen. Um, anyway, he gets adopted by Batman and is very reluctant to do so, basically makes it very clear that he only did that so the police would stay off his back and plans to run away. Uh, Bruce sort of bribes him with expensive motorcycles and delicious food and says, well, okay, if you want to leave, I guess I'll just leave these motorcycles in the garage. Um, Robin sticks around eventually through what is pretty obviously intentional omission on Alfred's part, finds out that Bruce is Batman, <laughs> decides he wants to use this opportunity to take vengeance upon Two-Face who killed his family. Batman and Robin are forced to team up. They eventually go try to take down Two-Face and the Riddler, who at this point have also abducted Chase Meridian because it is a Batman movie. And essentially you have to have one of those scenes where you have to make the choice between who you're going to save. Batman and Robin team up, take down the teamed up villains. Everything wraps up at the end. That's essentially the film. Two-Face Two dies, face and dies. the Riddler, his brain-suck machine uh, backfires on him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I do also want to mention very quickly here, uh, seems like a nitpick, but you did say that um, the, the Riddler and Two-Face are a gay couple of villains, um, and I, I think it's important to make the distinction here that Two-Face is, of course, bisexual. Oh, you know, you're absolutely correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, Thank I you guess also an argument could be made that the couple or the assumed couple of Riddler and Two-Face is in fact a polyamorous triad of Riddler and Two-Face. Yes, and that's, Two-Face. that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> there are distinctions I'm, to be made. The important part is they're in love. They're in love. <laughs> they're in love. That's clear to all three of us. That's pretty obvious. Thank you, Alex, for that, that wonderful plot synopsis. Um, I have not seen a Batman movie until Wait, today. ever? This was your ever. first one? Yes. Oh my gosh. Batman forever have never seen a Batman movie. Well, I, how does maybe... it feel knowing that they're all worse than this one? <laughs> it's kind of bad, honestly. Because this one was kind of really up there. The, we we kept saying throughout the our view is that... that this is a bad movie, and it owns it, and it knows that it's a bad movie, and that makes it a lot more enjoyable. It's incredibly campy, but it fully leads into the camp. Yeah, it's not, like, horribly made or anything. It no. Is, has a oh, God, no, the production. production value. Yeah, the production value is actually exquisite. Yeah. I, I think that we call this movie a bad movie because it ticks a lot of the boxes of what we have come to expect are bad movies. I genuinely believe it's a very good movie. I think it's very (laughs) fun. I think a movie is really only bad if it fails to accomplish what it set out to do. Mm -hmm. It's just that what this movie set out to do is not something that most movies want (laughs) to achieve. (laughs) Um, But I think, honestly, what sells Batman Forever for me so well is that it does kind of hit all the points that I want from a a comic book movie you know like Mm -hmm. it's fun to look at everything is like 
lit in these weird extremes. It's colorful while being kind of like dark and dim. All of like the angles are very sharp. There's a lot of like glowing neon and weirdness. Like it looks like you're flipping through a comic book. It's yeah. very fun. It's yeah. like extremely Tim Burton-y. And all of the stakes are utterly absurd. Like you're watching it and you're like, oh, cool. They're in a bank vault being lifted by a helicopter that's slowly filling with acid. All right. Okay. But like, the thing is that the movie treats the stakes as being very kind of silly. But every character in the movie acts as if they are utterly committed. And I think that is what makes it work for me, is that the characters of the film clearly don't know that they are in a comic book movie. But right. the movie knows yeah. that the audience knows. And, like, that's fun to me. I think yeah. it's really enjoyable to watch something like that. I know that the trend recently has been to sort of examine, like, the gritty real-world implications of superheroes. And I think that, obviously, there is something of value in those stories. There's always interest in sort of you know, examining the stakes of something and the meaning of it and the depth of it. But I, I think that really, you want to watch a movie where you know from the beginning the good guy's going to win if you're going to be watching a comic book movie. Because, yeah. like, that's why you're mm -hmm. there. You know, that's why you also, come to the table. Like, it's it's worth noting that the, the newer stories about the gritty realism of, of what would happen if superheroes were real in our world, like, that's, that's the question that they're answering is... Like, mm -hmm. what what would it be like? What would it be like for superheroes if they were real? But they're not. And if, if right. you just, like, accept mm -hmm. that premise and you just lean into, like, superheroes are fun. Like, let's do that. Yeah. That's it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah. Batman uh -huh. Forever is, like, an absolute joy. Just start to finish. I know people who hate this movie and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> I... How can you hate this movie? Watching it again, I mean, I, I've watched this movie recently, like less than a year ago, and still it, it like, there was stuff that I did not remember and stuff mm -hmm. that surprised me and stuff that surprised me. I, I love this movie as a kid, and Two-Face and the Riddler are some of my very favorite villains of all time for that reason, and mm -hmm. one of my favorite Halloween costumes of all time is my Two-Face costume that I did a few years ago. And then watching this it's movie so good. again. We got to see the mm -hmm. pictures. It owns. <laughs> so good. Watching this movie again, there's a scene where they are like uh, Two Face and Riddler break into Wayne Manor, and it's Halloween. Like that scene opens up with kids trick or treating. I'm like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. That's that's probably where roots of like loving spooky stuff and weird, like inc incredibly vibrant and wacky poses. Like the the scene where Riddler is throwing bombs and he like does anime poses every time one goes <laughs> off. Uh -huh. like, I also incredible. love something about this movie is that it really fully leans into the comic sensibility of there is an explanation for everything. We are under no obligation to make it a good one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. in the beginning flashback, when you see the scene of, like, on TV, the news channel is doing, like, a, a, a an in, in memoriam of, like, how Harvey Dent became Two-Face. Yeah. And, like, mm -hmm. he gets the acid thrown on him in the middle of the courtroom. And the reason that it's a clean divide straight down the center of his face <laughs> is because he, like, throws up his case file and, like, holds it to shield his face. And, yeah. Like, a straight line uh -huh. right down. I'm like, oh my god. It is justified in the text, technically. <laughs> like it's there, just, there yeah. is a reason for it, <laughs> but they didn't have to make it a good one. They gave us answers whether or not we thought they were satisfactory. Also, exactly. It's, it's wild, honestly, that they like that 
30-second clip is the extent of Two-Face's backstory. And uh-huh. he doesn't need to have backstory in this movie. He's just a villain, and we get a ton of backstory with, with Riddler. And it's funnier that there is that there is some attempt. It's really at- so much funnier. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's something, too, that has gotten lost in the weeds as time goes on. Like, we were laughing earlier about how Ray, never having seen this movie or any Batman movie, was able to correctly identify the major plot points of, like, all three of the Batman movies in <laughs> yeah. this part. Did I really? But like, wow. okay. what's what's so funny to me, and I will get back to this because yes, you did. Um, oh my is god! That, you know, nowadays in superhero movies, and this is a complaint that constantly comes up, like they have to reinvent the origin story every single freaking time, and it's like, yeah. no, you don't. Yeah. Like if they I'm don't. gonna pay, if I'm gonna pay money to come see a movie where Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face runs around in a half and half suit and like throws acid on people, like. I'm really not, I'm not too concerned with how he got there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that oh is the God, least no, yeah. of my worries. And I like that this movie just says, like, you know why you're here. You know what you're watching. We're not going to insult your intelligence by pretending <laughs> to give you something else. You don't, We're not- you don't need us to make this feel like a, an, a, an award for you, like some high intellectual art piece. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to watch some right. Tim Burton madcap nonsense on screen, and you want to see Batman yeah. kick some supervillain butt, and that's yeah. what we're going to give you. And yeah. I think the perfect, like, I, the, one of my least favorite parts of this movie is Robin and all the time spent on his backstory, because it, yeah. It doesn't really make mm. a lot of sense and they they spend a lot of time trying to justify it. Yeah. The, the the thing about superhero movies is that a lot of them these days spend the entire movie just to get the hero in the suit. Mm-hmm. And we don't yeah. need that. Yeah. We don't. I want to see Superman fly around and punch doomsday at the very beginning of the movie and then raise the stakes even higher, please. Well, yeah, exactly. Or anytime there's a movie that's like let's consider what the real world analog of this villain would be. And it's like, I already know, dude. I talked to that guy seven times on Twitter every day. <laughs> He's always <laughs> in my mentions. Like, I know what that guy looks like in the real world. I came here so I could watch Wonder Woman punch him. Oh my God. But no, it yeah. takes the whole movie for her to punch him once. And that's I it. I know. But so, this yeah. time, this but time this we movie... just get to see Batman run around. <laughs> and they just, and just start do right stuff. from the beginning. They just jump right in. They're like, here's Harvey Dent. He's Two-Face now. He's going to kill a guy. Batman, you there? You want to <laughs> step in? Here's an important piece about Two-Face. He has a coin. Okay. All right. Here's another cool. important piece about Two-Face. All of his henchmen have gamer guns. Also, do. Two-Face <laughs> is a really bad shot. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a plot point somehow. And that's it. That's Two-Face. That's all we need to know about Two-Face. Batman mm-hmm. has to stop him because he's doing bad things. That's yeah. it. That having been said, if you do want an early entry Batman film, which does make some really compelling and fascinating like parallels to real-world analogs in a way that still keeps sort of the delight of the madcap Tim Burton world, Batman Returns is a really good movie. Um And it has Danny DeVito as the Penguin in, like, a really fascinating version of the Penguin. And it has, um, shoot, who's Catwoman in that movie? Uh, Nicole Pfeiffer. And she's amazing. And that whole movie, like, just owns. It owns. But it Mm -hmm. does take itself a little bit more seriously than this one does. And Batman Forever is just... It's just fun. It's just a fun movie. Mm. Like, if you're coming here expecting anything other than just comic booky weirdness on a screen for two hours, like, 
you will probably feel like your time was wasted, but I never consider it a waste of yeah. any moment that I'm watching mm. Batman forever. Is, uh, yeah, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Is every Batman movie just feature, do, does it, do they just feature two villains? <laughs> um, not all of them. I think the first one only features Joker. Batman only features Jack Nicholson as the Joker. I didn't know there was a movie just called Batman. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's Michael Keaton. <laughs> That's the one. You were thinking of that one where he says, you're jokering me. You're jokering me. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say that? No. I feel like no, I'm being gaslighted. Now, Alex, I'm not as Michelle familiar. Pfeiffer. I'm so sorry. When I was talking about Catwoman, I totally messed up her name because I was thinking of Nicole Kidman. It's Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. go on. Um, I'm not as familiar with the milieu, the, the canon of the of the. I've seen some of them, but this this one by mm-hmm. far is the one that I remember the most. Um, which is the movie that does have Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, where he does say "Ice to meet you" as his first line? <laughs> it's Batman and Robin. Okay. Um, and oh, okay. so it's the sequel to this movie. And um, it's it's a troubled film. <laughs> it it has its weak spots. Um, I personally still enjoy watching it very much. I think it's enormous fun, mm-hmm. but it is not a good movie. Okay, <laughs> it does have a couple things going for it. Actually, um, none of the things it has going for it are Batman because George Clooney plays Batman in that movie, and he's oh. not good. Oh. <laughs> Um, but the things that that movie does really well are, in my opinion, uh, Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze, who I think are just a delight from start to finish. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is Mr. Freeze in that movie. Um, he is a joy every moment he's on screen. A lot of people don't like his performance. I think it's flawless. Um, and Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy and she is just top notch. Oh, I want to watch that now. I want to see the two of them on screen. Honestly, oh. I feel like that might be more true to like a Batman property because um, Batman isn't super interesting all the time, but the villains are what... <laughs> or maybe that's just DC in general. <laughs> it <laughs> no, is the I mean, villains that I, make things a lot more interesting. I think you make so. a very good point. <laughs> Again, the movie um, is <laughs> in a lot of ways not a great movie. Um, but and, and there are some fascinating things you can read about, like, the production history of it and why that is and sort of, like, what the movie went through that sort of just led to it being kind of disjointed and messy. But um, Uma Thurman and Arnold Schwarzenegger really are just very fun. And I think people were mad because the script for that movie, again, doesn't take itself very seriously. And so a lot of people now looking back on it who are, like, you know, raised on Dark Knight Batman and stuff like that, are like, oh, this is just gross. But, you know, I grew up watching old Adam West Batman reruns on TV land. And so for Mm. me, seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, in full Mr. Freeze costume, step out and just gleefully announce to the world, like, ice to meet you. (laughs) This is everything to me. (laughs) It's, It's so fun. There's a scene where he's in his in his lair and he is making all of his henchmen watch the snow miser bit from oh your my God. <laughs> And that to me is peak cinema. I love that. Oh man. Oh. So this movie has probably my favorite character, Alfred. <laughs> he is who really is good. Probably the best Batman character. Yeah. <laughs> regardless of mm-hmm. any iteration. He is always good and strong and comedic. I'm. I just want to know why they always nail it every, almost every time. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't get a lot of screen time in this movie. 
And, and he that stands out. Why. Like, he steals yeah. the show, honestly. Uh-huh. It's, it's cause, I mean, Alfred's always a grounding force for Batman and Bruce Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's always a, sp- a, a little touch of sass with him yeah. every time. So that might be why, but I don't he's know. Like a, he's a little mischievous. Because, as Alex rightly pointed out during the movie, Bruce Wayne is a bit of a himbo. Um, <laughs> That's true. And Alfred is not afraid to like call him when he's being a dummy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh God! Remember when Bruce Wayne knocked down an entire mahogany door <laughs> just because like this- he thought a lady was in trouble, <laughs> and he didn't knock or yell, "Are you okay?" Yeah, he just burst through the door, like- <laughs> oh, and then God, propped it that- back up. Like it's fine now. And it's- I fixed it. it. He's like, I'm ten minutes early for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, good, you're rich, you can replace my door. That exchange was everything. I do kind of love Chase Meridian. Chase Meridian is so powerful. I, she's movie. a modern woman who knows exactly what she yes. wants, and I respect her power. Yeah, I, I really did not like her on my last watch, but on this one, it was just way more... Because, like, she's introduced to the movie, like... It, within the first five minutes, Batman comes out of the sky and lands, and she's just like, wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want him. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, no, she's she's awesome. Uh, she's great, because there's the, the huge dichotomy between her interactions with Bruce Wayne, who she's actually genuinely trying to help through his trauma, and mm-hmm. then also her scenes with Batman, where she's just like, you know, come back to my place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Chase Meridian is one of a number of characters that, like, as a child, I thought were the weakest parts of whatever movies they were in, partially because I was a kid and I just wanted to see Batman punch more stuff, but also because, like, (laughs) you know, internalized misogyny is a heck of a thing. And Mm -hmm. really, the more I get older and rewatch movies like this, the more I find myself, one, even, like, defending the most poorly written female characters, (laughs) because I'm like, it's not their fault, they're perfect, they've done no wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But also just because, like, I don't know. I think there's something very fun about that character. Probably not in the way that, like, a lot of people were meant to like that character, which is to be able to, you know, project their fantasies onto her. But as me, I'm just somebody Mm -hmm. like, she sees something she wants, and she uses the city's (laughs) the city's owned bat signal to get it. And, like, (laughs) honestly, yeah, misappropriate those government funds, girlfriend. (laughs) And I love that for her. Oh, man. No, but I, I really do like um, and I, I thought about this near the end of the movie, um, about how there's two sides to all the characters, and they do talk mm-hmm. about that, and I and I see why they used to face in this movie. Very unsubtly, yeah, yeah, but it's good. For that reason, specifically. But it's good. It, it, it hammers home that, that message that there's, that there's two sides to all people, and yeah. not all, not, sometimes both sides aren't bad. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, a metaphor doesn't have to be subtle to be good. Right, yeah. right. Like, uh. I think one thing nobody will ever say about Batman Forever is that it is a nuanced film. <laughs> 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 but yeah. it's not trying to be, you know? Yeah. It's not trying to be an art house piece. It's it's just trying to be a comic book movie that makes some fun, like, Saturday morning moral judgments along the way, and they work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like... It, 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 the theming is not nuanced, but it's not like ham-fisted either. Like it's right. it's mm-hmm. it's straightforward. 
Um, although maybe the, the bit with the Malaysian dream doll or whatever was a little, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit. Tell um, me, okay. I, I want to know, um, cause we talked a, a little bit about Batman and Robin. What else did I get right from the other movies? <laughs> oh gosh. I'm genuinely curious. Well, I mean, you did kind of call like Catwoman's characterization from Batman Returns. Like the thing about her burgling a building and then being like, meow. Like that's not wrong. <laughs> I think that does happen. Um you you um you got the 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 bat boat, which I was very happy about. I am so confused. Nailed the bat okay. boat. Nailed Mr. Freeze. Um Shoot, now I'm trying to remember what else we talked about. Because I remember, like, I was sort of going down my list and, like, mentally just like, wow, okay, yeah, no, there, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. That's there in uh some capacity. That's that's somewhere. Yeah. Welcome to mock footage where I'm somewhat right on everything. I love it. (laughs) I was surprised that the Batmobile, the Bat vehicles were all Mm -hmm. featured in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the Bat boat was a thing. The bat plane jet was a thing that turned into a bat boat. The, yeah, the bat jet that down. crashed into the water and turned into a bat sub for like and three seconds before Bruce Wayne ejected himself from it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's uh, there are so many pieces. There's so many pieces to that. Look, and sometimes the- you just need a movie to sell a lot of toys, okay? Yeah. Sometimes uh, you just really yeah. need your movie to sell a lot of toys. Yeah. And I wish I were making that up, but that's actually, like, that. that's yeah. not an inaccurate statement about the production of this film and the budgeting behind it. Mm. Um, mm. Is they did, they did want to franchise a whole bunch of merchandise. <laughs> I mean, I want a plane that can turn into a sub that can shoot out a Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to be able to shoot little missiles. One year for Halloween... I got a Riddler doll from a neighbor house. Like I love that. That that's <laughs> that's extremely cursed. <laughs> it just showed up on Joe's doorstep <laughs> with a riddle. It saw you in your Two Face costume, and it was like, "This is where I go." <laughs> no, this was when I was a child. So I was probably dressed as Batman because that happened like four years in a row. You were, I didn't know you were such a Batman fan. Though. I don't know that I was. I It was just the costume I had. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fair. Oh, gosh. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm Are we going to talk about favorite lines? Because we didn't get to we're, we're acknowledge my that. favorite line of the movie. We're, we will. We will. We'll get that's there. That's the last thing. That <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Just um, like we cannot overlook this. <laughs> we shan't. I promise we shan't. Uh, Ray, would you recommend watching Batman Forever without the lens of nostalgia? I absolutely would, is the problem. It's not a problem, <laughs> though. It's so much fun. It's just sit down and watch a fun movie, mm-hmm. okay? All right? Just do just give, do yourself a favor. Watch Batman Forever and be changed. Probably forever. with some friends, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely with at least a friend or two. You have to have somebody else there to let you know that what you are seeing on screen is real. It's <laughs> happening, right? Um, all right. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. This has been Mock Footage. You can find us on Twitter at Mock Footage, and you can send an email to mockfootage at gmail.com. Alex, where can folks find more stuff from you? 
Oh gosh, well I'm never not on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Unfortunate, right? This is the world yeah. we live in. You can in. find First. me on yeah on Twitter at Coffee Detective. It's spelled C O F F three three Detective. Um, that's primarily where I'm hanging out these days. You know, while trying to pass pass the hours. But I am also one of the hosts of the Cryptid Keeper podcast on the Lunar Light Studio Network, and I also um, run a, an actual play Monster of the Week podcast called A Horror Borealis on the One Shot Network. So um, you can find either of those on Twitter at Crypt Keep Pod or A Horror Borealis, respectively, and wherever podcasts are distributed. All right. Here, here. Um, okay. Ray, do you have uh, anything you want to add? Am I supposed to What's like your you? deal? What's your deal, Ray? What's your deal, Ray? Um, you're jokering me. You're um, jokering me. <laughs> you're jokering me. <laughs> want to say some thank yous really quick. I do. Uh, I would like to thank Ryan Chongo for the use of the song Hat of Serenity off of his album Hat Shop. You can find that on his Bandcamp. I'd also like to thank Haley Rose for the introduction of our podcast or else we can't legally start it. Mm-hmm. I would also like to thank Ross Jerson for the art and finally Lunar Light Studio for hosting us. And with that, I think it's time for us to find out what our favorite line from the movie was. Uh, and I know, Alex, you have a, a suggestion. So let's hear it. I do. My favorite line in the movie is when um, Batman and Robin are sort of climbing out of the ocean onto the rocky shore where Two-Face and Riddler's um, final boss <laughs> and they're like crawling up the mountainside and they go over this grate and Robin says out of nowhere holy rusted metal Batman and Batman looking very much like he's just had a flashback to a previous life says like what? and Robin's like oh it's like rusted metal and it's full of holes and it's just it's the best line to me in the entire movie it, it perfectly captures the tone of what the entire film is doing <laughs> but also does not fit in this movie at all oh god no certainly not <laughs> it, like it has no thumb. place there it has no place there it is my favorite line Lunar Light Studio Pretty, witty, and gay. Welcome to the ad firm of Parker, Lennox, and Rose. Our job is to take your brand and bring it to the forefront of the cultural zeitgeist. None of us have studied advertising. In fact, we don't know anything about business at all. The one thing we do know is how to make your product a viral failure. Coke is just better than Dr. Pepper because... Coke did not... Dr. Pepper already did their own advertising by having an actual advertisement where the slogan was, it's not for women. (laughs) (laughs) This is Badvertising. Brought to you by Lunar Light Studio every other Monday. Available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.